0: When we mind shift resolutions, part of that is focusing on all the things that you've done great and making space to celebrate those. Welcome to The Shift, where we search for ways to do better by thinking better.
1: Whether you're going through a major life change, looking to deepen your understanding of yourself, or hoping to improve your relationships with others, The Shift is here for you.
0: We're your hosts. Ayla and Yashar, an endlessly curious sister and brother team.
1: As certified brain-based executive coaches with backgrounds in medicine and management, we combine the neurosciences, performance psychology, strategic planning methodology, and mindfulness techniques to empower your transformation from the inside out.
0: Join us in conversation as we explore better ways to show up for ourselves and each other. Welcome back to The Shift, friends. Tis the season for resolutions. Happy New Year. So come January, it seems like we're all looking for that new perspective, that fresh start. And while goals can be great, the truth is, we often get overwhelmed, forgetful, discouraged by the time February comes around. And so like we do most things. We like to mind-shift them. So today on this episode, we are mind-shifting your resolutions to hopefully make them more sustainable, allow you to actually achieve them, and more importantly, to allow for space for them to evolve with you throughout this new year. How do you feel about resolutions, Yash?
1: I think of resolutions the same way I think about Valentine's Day.
0: (laughs) Okay, that begs the question. How do you feel about Valentine's
1: Day? I understand how it's beautiful to celebrate a day of love. Mm -hmm. However, I don't think we need one specific day to try to show love. Exactly, embody love, show love, be love, and to make it, dare I say, a commercialized version of the emotion that should be foundational in all our lives. And may we always be blessed to feel love within ourselves and with others. So resolutions I feel are the same kind of way where it's like yes it's important we need to see what is and isn't working in our lives and how do we do it better if that's what we choose to do. And I don't think we need to wait for this arbitrary date mm-hmm. to set that resolution. I think you can set a resolution on May 5th if that's what you want. Mm-hmm. And so you know what and I not August 23rd, as well. You know, so the idea for me is great, let's do it. And the reason I love this conversation so much is like, let's get good at the idea of setting resolutions and how to work that through and not just necessarily for one specific day.
0: Great, let's do that. So, the first way we like to mind shift resolutions is to actually focus on emotions versus goals. So, what does that mean? That means The question we are asking ourselves and you is, how would you like to feel this year? What is your desired state of being? As your goals form, your ideas arise, and your plans are made this year, ask yourself, what is the emotion that best represents these goals? In other words, what feelings do you believe these goals will provide you? Because these are really the emotional Anchors that will remind yourself of what is most important to you and why you are embarking on this journey in the first place. We like to use these anchors so that when you face challenges, when you have to make a decision, and when plans inevitably change, you have an anchor to go back to and ask yourself what matters most? What were those emotional goals you were trying to attain in the first place? This approach will help you focus on a desired state of being instead of an arbitrary goal that may or may not change. And then you can become more intentional about the decisions you make to bring yourself back to that desired state of being.
1: I really like this first step so much because The degree to which you step into your life, enjoy your life, connect to your life is a degree to which you add meaning and emotion to your life. And what what I mean by that is your brain is a meaning making machine. It's always trying to figure out what's the meaning behind everything and anything that is going on within us or outside of us. And decisions are made by emotions first, and then justified by logic after, predictably based on what has happened in the past. And so we need to break this formula, we need to be able to understand that we need strong meaning and strong emotion for any change to occur. And the speed at which this meaning making and emotion machine known as your brain kicks in and takes a situation and tries to make sense of it is lightning fast, especially for something that's repetitive, or you're used to something that you've encountered a lot. And that's a habit, right? And you're trying to change or modify that habit. And so we need to be able to create greater meaning for the change that we're hoping to see. We need to create greater emotion for the change we're hoping to see. And we need to be able to learn how to practice that if we want to change the neuropathways and the neurochemistry associated with that change. Otherwise, your brain can say, well, that's different. That's hard. I don't want to do that. So really taking time to understand what's the meaning and the emotion behind this change is so crucial. And I think sometimes when we talk about feelings and we say, what's the feeling you want to have, people can often look at it as one of those, again, soft spaces in life that may not be as interesting or not as solution oriented. And this is a strong science argument against that. Mm -hmm. And the last piece I'd like to say to everything you just spoke to Isla is that you've probably heard this too. If someone gets it and wants to do it, they're like, okay, fake it till I make it got it. And I remember going through medical school, we talked about fake it till you make it like it was going out of style. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I used it myself so many times until I realized that's not really an accurate way of describing the neurosciences of what you're going through. And so if we want to use the the science to really get behind the idea, fake it till you make it, we can change the language to practice it until you become it. Mm-hmm. And when we are able to understand what we're actually practicing, why we're actually practicing it, then we take more steps to becoming that. And if we step even deeper into what that means, practice until you become it, what we're actually saying is you already have within you that which you crave to experience. Mm-hmm. So essentially, it's about reconnecting to a version of you or a part of you that may be lying dormant, but is already within you. And now you're asking it to be awoken. And I really encourage everyone to take that on and think about that, meditate on that, marinate on that, if you will, for a second. Because when we do our coaching work and when we have people get excited by changes within their life, even if it requires work. They do so because they have a awakening from within. There's a knowing that we keep speaking about you and I, Ayla, about this understanding, this knowing of who they are, who they can be, who they want to be. And it already feels like it's part of them, even to a small degree. And that's the idea of returning back home to who you are. And it starts with a feeling. And so I'm a huge, huge fan of starting there.
0: Beautiful. And I, and I want you to know that all your goals have an emotional root. Each of them has a reason for being outside of the aesthetic goal that you're looking at. I'm gonna give you some examples to help break it down, but we're going to ask you the question of, you know, what are your three emotional goals, the states of being or feelings that you wanna maintain all year? Then daily, weekly, these become your anchors to decide on how to set the intention, how to make decisions, plans, and act to support these emotional goals. Now, one of the ways you can kind of help yourself determine what these emotional goals is reconnecting with your core values, your best self, or as we say, sometimes your best leader values and saying, if this is the foundation of the person who I want to be, What is the emotional state of being this person has? And for those who have not yet experienced um, our free visualization, we'll add it to the show notes. And you can start there by getting to know your core values and starting from there. But if you know that already, you can go into this idea of how do I want to feel this year? And what I meant about the statement that all your goals have emotional roots, I can use the example of going to the gym. So if one of your resolutions is I'm going to go to the gym every day. Or three times a week. That's great. That's kind of the superficial goal we see in front of us. What is the emotional root anchor of why that is even a goal for you? What is the feeling you are trying to attain through this goal? What is it that you're looking to embody through this goal? That's what I mean by the emotional root. So you could say, well, I'm feeling very stagnant. Great. We're breaking it down now. Okay. So your goal is not to feel stagnant. Now, how do you put that positively? Okay, I want to feel in flow. Great. So then every day, instead of saying, I have to go to the gym, you say, what will bring me into greater flow today? And so sometimes that may look like the gym, that may look like a bath, that may look like a walk, that may look like a meditation. What you're doing there is empowering yourself with multiple pathways to achieve that state of being, which that feeling of flow and connectivity within you. Instead, what we see is mostly with these goals, you set these and then you keep setting yourself up for failure when you don't achieve this goal. But that goal wasn't really what you wanted to achieve in the first place. It was the feeling that you thought you would get through that goal. So we're cutting out the middleman and going straight to the root and saying, what is the feeling? What is the state of being? What is the emotion that you want to attain that you want to embody this year, and then build the tools around that check in with yourself daily, weekly, whatever it is, on how you're cultivating that feeling for yourself. Hi friends, sorry for the quick interruption, but we really wanted you to be the first to know that on January 31st, we are releasing a free training entitled How to Work Better Together. If teamwork makes the dream work, how do you make the teamwork? We hope to provide you with strategies to optimize and leverage your team's best performance, lead you through conflict and challenge, build trust and accountability, and of course, as always, prioritize inclusion and mental health. The strategies that we're going to provide you will foster creativity and innovation, and you will leave the training with a personalized leadership strategy that you can apply right away. This training is ideal for small businesses, family businesses, entrepreneurs are really individuals looking to upgrade their leadership skills and styles so yes we will shift the way you lead but more importantly we will shift the way you work together you can get early access by signing up in the show notes below we look forward to seeing how this training will optimize your team's collaboration harmony and performance now back to the conversation
1: And what's interesting to me is that foundationally, what most people are actually trying to feel is a sense of trust or confidence in themselves that they will continue to try to give themselves that feeling. Again, identified as a goal, but it's really the feeling. So I love your example of flow. If that's the words, let's say someone chooses to describe the feeling they are hoping to obtain within their body through exercise or movement or any sort of activity, essentially, foundationally, someone can say strength, someone can say freedom. It doesn't matter, right? The feeling can be different. But the essence core foundational human experiences, I want to feel trusting, confident in myself to continuously do the things that make me feel the way I want to feel. It's so powerful if we can also break down the Goal is not to necessarily have the physical outcome of, saying going to the gym. That's a great side effect. You want health. I'm all for it. The specific and more nuanced and foundational goal is to trust yourself, to give yourself that feeling day in and day out. I'm reiterating what you said in a different way and to bring it down to you actually want a feeling of trust that you can give yourself the feeling of accomplishment, whatever that may
0: be. And part of this is knowing what that feeling will feel like in your body. And for most of us, that in itself might be a challenge. Part of this work will be realizing what does peace feel like in my body? Before I can understand how to achieve it, I also have to understand how do I embody it? Where do I feel it? How does it feel? So it requires that those self-awareness muscles that we talk so much about. And that's why I love this concept of how we mind shift resolutions, because what we're actually asking you to do is to take on an embodiment process of living out those goals and dreams you have by fortifying your self-awareness muscles and then being personally accountable to these goals for yourself on how you wish to achieve them, how you make decisions based on them, et cetera. Even this concept of like, okay, my goal is to have a feeling of flow. Part of you will have to sit down with yourself and understand what flow means to you. What does it look like? What does it feel like? How do I know I'm in or out of it? How will I determine that for myself? And so when we mind shift resolutions, we're asking you to build the tools within yourself to take accountability for the desired states of being that you want to be in. So all this talk aside, let's put this to the test. So we like to identify three emotional states of being. Of course, this is an arbitrary number. It's ideal to pick at least one, maybe not more than three or five, just so you can have a focus. And again, we want sustainability, right? So we want you to actually be able to achieve these goals. So to be able to deduce them down to about three is usually a great number to make it both ambitious and practical. But again, you'll find that number for yourself, whether it's two or four, it will be up to you. But for today's episode, I'm going to ask Yasha to pick one. What is one emotion? What is one state of being? What is one feeling you want to maintain all year?
1: A feeling that is within my best leader words that I've really been going back to numerous times and trying to find ways to identify and reconnect to is the word grounded. The word grounded to me is not necessarily that everything is rainbows and unicorns around me. However, it does represent a feeling of safety, of rootedness, of connectedness to myself and the situation. It also represents a feeling of being okay where I'm at and not needing to rush through a state of being. So that is a feeling that I definitely have been trying to cultivate more and more and will continue to cultivate uh, throughout the year.
0: Beautiful. When you feel grounded, where do you feel it?
1: Mm, A mixture of chest and stomach. There's a There's a sensation there that I'm very familiar with.
0: What allows you to determine when you are in a grounded state and when you are not in a grounded state?
1: Externally, my loved ones. Internally, that feeling of buzziness, that feeling Mm -hmm. of like, I'm running to stand still. You Mm -hmm. know, there's like this like pressure cooker and there's nothing often that necessitates that feeling. Mm -hmm.
0: What in the past has helped you achieve a grounded state?
1: You said it earlier, recognition, mindfulness, just calling it out within myself, not making excuses for it. As I said, it doesn't always necessitate that response, whatever's going on. Even if the situation did necessitate that response, do I want to stay there? And is there a better way to address what's happening within me or around me? So there's a huge part of this is a mindfulness awareness to recognize when that feeling is within me or absent.
0: What helps you shift into that grounded state?
1: Multitude of things from breath work to lying on the bed in a timeout (laughs) for myself, to going for a walk, exercise, you know, music. Uh, There's a multitude of things with the intention to return to groundedness, going back to what we're discussing earlier, how important it is to make meaning and emotion out of the situation. So the activity might look a little different, but I know the goal is to return to a grounded state, because that is the essence of how I would like to lead my life.
0: And what is something that you would like to try that maybe you don't have past inventory on that you believe will support you better in the future on maintaining or realigning with a grounded state?
1: In the list of things I mentioned was giving myself a timeout, lying in bed, kind of closing the door, shutting out the world. And I'm notoriously weak at that. Mm-hmm. And and uh, one of the things that I've been working on myself is to recognize that Doing that is not necessarily weakness or laziness or anything in a judgmental state that pulls me away from the higher goal and, in fact, probably assist in reaching the higher goal. And so I would really like to recognize in myself when and how I can take a 5, 10-minute, 30-minute you know, time out for myself to be able to recalibrate and to re-energize myself to step back into life the way I
0: want. Right. So the first way we mind shifted goals was to not look at the goals, but look at the emotion. And the first thing I asked Yashar to do is identify an emotion. And to be able to do that, I had to ask him a series of questions of what that actually means to him. What does that emotion mean? I had to ask him a series of embodiment questions. How does that feel? How do you achieve that feeling? And then I had to pull from his past inventory of when he's done it in the past to give him that motivation of like, I've done this, I can do it, I have the tools, but also like all the things we do, I had to offer a little stretch, which meant like, what is something you don't do often or you'd like to try to try to achieve that grounded state in the future? What we're doing here again is just building all the tools that will support you in achieving that goal. So we stay both in your comfort zone and stretch a little past it so that you can think of new ways and imagine new ways because again, these are aspirational and we keep them aspirational to keep us growing and evolving through our discovery process of becoming more and more the version of ourselves that we are proud of and creating the type of life that aligns with our values. So the second part of our mind shift is to recommit to the things we're doing right. What does that mean? So resolutions don't always have to be a total overhaul of your life. They can also be an acknowledgement of all the things you're doing right. They can be a recommitment to those activities, all that growth, all that work you've already done. And this is critical because sometimes with the resolutions, we feel that we haven't done enough. And that's simply not true. When you are in the work, when you are striving, growing and evolving, there are a lot of things you're doing amazing. And so we also want to take the time to recommit to that, to acknowledge our wins and support your achievements, no matter how big or small you might think they are, because without acknowledging how we've overcome challenges in the past, the things we've already accomplished, It will be so much easier to become overwhelmed and discouraged because we're not seeing ourselves in our full light. And so, this approach allows you to focus on what is working while still giving yourself space to stretch and grow, but by not throwing out all your past achievements in doing so. So, when we mind shift resolutions, part of that is focusing on all the things that you've done great and making space to celebrate those.
1: We always talk about inventory with the individuals and teams that we work with, going backwards and recognizing what has worked, what is going well, what are you capable of. And often it can be thought of as an exercise to only see the things we've done well in the past and not relate it to the things we want to do in the future. And what I mean by that is there are these tangential wins, there are these tangential ideas, there are these tangential skills that can be derived from past experience that can be used to move into a new formulated habit or experience. And so, if you want to do something that's different that you haven't done, it can be really useful to go backwards and say, What similar skill sets, what similar habits, what similar things have I done that can help me in this new space and this new experience that I'm looking to accomplish? And I'm going to stick with the example you gave earlier about the gym. Let's say somebody wants to go to the gym and they're not very familiar with the gym or, or exercises hasn't been a big part of their life in the past. It doesn't mean they haven't accomplished other things in the past that are required to be successful at going to the gym. The idea of consistency, the idea of boundaries, the idea of motivation when things are challenging or difficult. And so inventory is not just for the thing you're trying to do, but the characteristics of who you are and how you can bring that into the new thing that you want to do as well. So that's a fine point. I find help people jump over the hurdle, the initial hurdle of doing something new that may be uncomfortable or at least uncertain. So all that being said, when we acknowledge what we've already done well, when we take inventory of what we've already done well, you're building and you're bolstering up your inventory, your ideas, your connection to the type of individual you are and the type of skill sets you already have. So, that in itself is a huge win, and that you can double down on and, and, and feel great about. And when and if you want to add new experiences, you have this understanding already in place
0: like all things, let's look at what this looks like in action. So you're up again, I'm going to ask you some questions, Yash. So what is something you love that you are currently doing that you want to recommit to this year?
1: For me, it's always about activity and movement. It is foundational for my mental and physical health. It helps me work through ideas, helps me feel connected to my body and also helps me feel connected to the environment and the people around me as well. So movement is is the thing that I want to recommit to this year.
0: What is something you love and have done in the past, but have let slide and want to recommit to this year?
1: I'm blessed to live in an area where beaches are accessible. And I have not been to the beach nearly as much as I had in the previous year. And I've really noticed a longing and a missing of the energy of the beach, the waves, the sea. And so that's something that I really like to make more time for.
0: What is something you've always wanted to do, but have yet to do and want to try this year?
1: I would like to publicly share more of my poetry and writings that I've worked on. That's something that I will look into committing to.
0: (laughs) Beautiful. So... Again, with the second mind shift that we're doing with resolutions, it's to celebrate your wins. And while we always work within our stretch zones, we never want to dismiss all of the hard work we've already done, all of the things we've already accomplished and ensure that we're still fortifying those muscles of celebration within our accomplishments. And so this year, when we're looking at resolutions and however you address them, These are the two mind shifts we're offering you. Number one, focus on the emotional states you want to achieve versus the aesthetic goal. The goals will change, the plans will shift, challenges will come and go. But if you anchor yourself in the emotion that you want to achieve, then you can make decisions from that place and make plans appropriately. And number two is recommit to the things that are already going well. Fortify those within yourself. They've already got you this far. And so, what are those things that you've already done, that you already are achieving, that you want to continue to do this year? And so, when you look at your resolutions, we hope this provides you a new perspective. And we'd love to hear from you. Let us know how you plan to mind shift your resolutions this year. And for this podcast episode, we'll be sure to link to a blog to help you revisit the questions we asked on this episode. Thank you for listening, friends. What shifted for you during this episode? We'd love to hear your insights. Write us with any questions, commentary, or episode ideas at at mindshiftleadership.com If you enjoyed this podcast, we would deeply appreciate a like and subscribe.
1: The Shift is brought to you by Mindshift Leadership, a heart-centered, evidence-based, mindset-powered leadership company, empowering you with the training to prioritize mental health inclusion, and performance optimization.